0: who's glad to be in the house of the Lord right now. Come on, put your hands together. It's so good to be with you. I want to take a second. I want to greet everyone at all of our locations, and then I want to especially greet everybody that's been joining us online. Church, can we put our hands together? Make everybody who's joining us online feel loved, make them feel welcome. We are so, so glad to be able to be with you. And I know if you get the chance, if you stop by one of our locations, we're gonna be sure to make you feel right at home. I want you to look at me. I'm gonna look right at you. I want you to hear this from the bottom of my heart that I love you, I care about you, I've been praying for you. My name's Will. If we haven't met, I'm the lead pastor here. We are in a series entitled Identity. And we're going to be wrapping that series up this week, and then next week, we are jumping into a series entitled Blockbuster Weekends. Come on, somebody. Blockbuster Weekends is going to be a fun, fun time, and it is designed for us to invite our friends, invite our neighbors, invite somebody in your seat. You're going to find there's a uh, Blockbuster Weekend card. There's a rack card. You can put it on your neighbor's door. Don't put it in his mailbox. We're going to get federal offense. Something's going to happen. I don't want to go to jail, all right? So so don't do that, but, but put it somewhere. Invite a neighbor, and then take that card that's in the seat, the little three-by-five invite card or two-and-a-half by three-and-a-half, whatever the dimensions are, the smaller one, and I want you to hold that up just at every location right now. Go ahead, take it, hold it up in the air. Uh, I want you to think of the name of one person that you know, that you love, that you want them to know Jesus. Just everybody hold it up. Come on, I, half, good, now we're there. Now, think of the name of somebody that you know that you want to know Jesus. And just for a minute, bow your heads with me and close your eyes at every location. Jesus, I pray right now that as we're holding these cards, they represent the name of somebody that we love and someone that you love. So we're, putting all, we're doing all this work to have a bunch of fun and convey the message in a way that people can understand it and see it. So Lord, now I pray that these people that we love, their hearts would be softened, their minds would be opened to the gospel. Give us the opportunity sometime during this series to get them in the room. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody together said Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited for that. We're going to have a ton of fun. There's popcorn, soda. You get to eat it in the the church. We're going to eat popcorn and drink soda together. And then there's going to be movie characters and bounce houses and all kinds of things. Come dressed up as your favorite favorite movie character. And, And we're going to have a good time together. Well, in this series that we're in today... The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about identity, but we've been doing it from the position that we need to dream again. We need to begin to exercise our imagination because God put something in us, a particular DNA that's in you that is going to help you to solve an obstacle, that actually the obstacles that are in your life have been placed there not to stop you, But that God knew you were going to come to that obstacle. God knew you were going to come to that moment in your life, and he designed you as an overcomer. And what you need to do is begin to access the dream that's in you, the the ideas, the imagination. Harness your imagination so that you can begin to find out how to overcome. We looked at, in week number three, this idea of stewardship, that God had given these stewards this supply. He had given them bags of gold, just millions of dollars in resource, and two of them went to work. They used their imagination, their ingenuity, and their hard work, and they multiplied what God had given them. But one of the stewards didn't do anything, buried it in the ground and gave to the master what was originally given to him. Gave the master back, didn't squander it, didn't squander the money, return the money. What, what the unfaithful steward, squa- steward squandered was the opportunity. That when we have been given the expectation To do something with what God has given us will actually be judged for it. So we said, start now. And we finished last week with a goal worksheet. And so you should have at every location today, you should have two sheets. One should be a set of notes to follow along. And the other one should be a goal worksheet. Now I want us to lean in today on the goal worksheet. But what we're going to talk about is parenting goals we're going to talk about parenting goals and this is going to begin to wrap up this idea of identity because what parenting goals are is what we want to see the next generation get from us so maybe you're here today and you don't have any kids maybe you're not married yet and you're looking forward to that day this still applies because monkey see monkey do Someday, your kids are going to look at your life and replicate who you are. Maybe you're a grandparent, maybe you're older in life, and you're saying, My kids are already grown and out of the house, but I'm telling you what you do now matters. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, You matter. What you're doing, how you're living, how you're functioning, it's all replicating into the next generation. And if you don't think it matters as an, as an older person, I'll give you a negative example to illustrate that it matters. I, we were at a church, this church that we, uh, we were three years in the movie theater. And when we left the movie theater, we ended up in this church gymnasium. And some of the people at the church were wonderful older believers. They would come by, and they would sort of cheer for us. But there was this one gentleman who, at some point in his life, I was told that he was a pastor. And it was hard for me to get my mind around that idea. Because I thought, if you're the example of what an older Christian is, I don't want it. You ever met somebody that like that where you said, look, if that's what a Christian is, uh-uh, I'm out. It matters, right? It matters, the example you set, it matters who we are, what our identity is, and where it comes from, because this is how we get our identity. Your identity comes from your Father in heaven, your identity is placed on you from your father, and then your job is to be like the father in heaven. Now, when I think about this gentleman, this fella, and Jesus, I think, boy, there's a huge difference between those two. And I wonder if what's happening in his life, what wounds, what things he carried, and in my heart actually began to hurt for him a little bit because I thought, wow, how how terrible could it be to spend your whole life sort of under the law but never under the grace of being a child of God. So when we, at the end of today, I want you to be able to put your thoughts onto some goals. And I actually want us to really think about some goals, because goals are dreams with deadlines. In, in your family, if you begin to have goals, if you begin to set out with intention that the values that I have, I'm gonna replicate into the next generation, it's gonna to begin to change how you function today. So the way that you want to replicate is how you need to begin to function right now. Is everybody tracking me? That the things that we're doing right now matter. They make a difference. They're going to watch you right now. So my greatest goal for my kids is to love Jesus, for them to love Jesus and follow him. If that's my goal for my kids, then what do I need to do? I need to love Jesus And follow him. There's this great song, The Cat's in the Cradle with the Silver Spoon, The Little Boy Blue, and The Man on the Moon. I'm gonna be just like you, Dad. I'm gonna be just like you. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. You'll have to go look that up. It's way too old for you. Others of you have done your music research and you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's this whole song. And all the way through the song, the dad is too busy for his son in the son's early life. And then as the dad gets older and he discovers he has time on his hands, his son is now too busy to spend time with him. And and the cat's in the cradle with the silver spoon, the little boy blue, the man on the moon, something about jumping over things, and now he's just like you, dad. I'm just like you. And this is what parenting goals are. That I, today, begin to love Jesus and follow Jesus with all that I am. So you might say, I I don't know how to be a good parent because I've never had a good parent. My parents were a train wreck. You might say that your parents were really terrible. And the good news is this. Every single one of us has access to the greatest father that there ever could be. That the heavenly father is the example of what a good father is that the way our Father in heaven loves us becomes the way that we love our children, the way that we live our lives. So if you want to be a good parent, then you begin to focus on your parental, how does God treat me? How does God speak to me? How does God forgive me? How does God discipline me? And in that, you'll discover That there is a father that is unlike any other father. How God treats us, how God speaks to us, how God functions in our lives is the most important relationship that then downloads to our children. So I want you to fill this in on your blank. My parenting is shaped by my identity. Your identity is given to you by God the Father. Your identity. Now, if you have misplaced identity, if your identity is coming from a source that is not the Father, like most people in America today are doing rather than being. If I do this and I do this and I do this, then I can say this about myself. But in the kingdom of God, we be before we do. Let me try to help you understand that. Being versus doing, and doing versus being. And in reality, we live in this world where it's do, have, and then be. I I do this, then I have this, and now I think this is who I am. And it's a worldview that helps to shape who we are. If I do this, then I'll have this, And then I become this. If I work a lot, then I'll have a lot of money. Therefore, I'm successful in that order. God's order is reversed of that. He says about us, you are this. And because you are this, you then have this, and then you do this. It's the way the Heavenly Father creates identity in us is reversed. The example of this is found in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. A voice from heaven said this about Jesus before he began his ministry. As he's being baptized by John the Baptist in the water, as he comes up from the water, a, a dove, the spirit, comes like a dove to rest on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said... This is my son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. These aren't statements that Jesus earned. These are statements that were, were given to Jesus by the word of the Father. And this is something that you and I need to hear from God today. You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I love, and whom I am well pleased if we learn that phrase, to take identity, this is my son, this is my daughter, mine, they belong to me, I'm proud of them, and, and I love you, and then I'm well pleased in you. There's ownership, there's love, and then all the work stuff comes last. Is so this is who you are, This is what you have, and this is what you do, in that order. This is who you are, this is what you have, and this is what you do. We have it all reversed in our our way of thinking. The Heavenly Father says this about you, and you live... This, not to achieve it, you already are. So I'm going to give you, I'm a child of God. I have a relationship with God forever. I do the will of the Father. So here's some verses I'm going to give you very quickly. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19, that we are in the household of God. This is who God says we are. This is our identity because of the father speaking it over our lives. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says, "See what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God." And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. That my identity flows from the Father. The Father speaks over me. He calls me a child of God. He calls you who have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Children of God. That when you come to Christ, you have been given a new identity. We are already this. We don't earn this. We don't achieve this. We are already this. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17, we learn more about the Father. The Lord, your God, is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Every time you have anxiety, every time you have worry, every time you're wondering what's going to happen now, I entrust myself to my Father, the Lord my God. He is with me. He is a mighty warrior who's fighting on my behalf, and I'm wondering where is God right now, and what is God doing right now? Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 says he is fighting for me. He's a mighty warrior who says, I don't earn this from God. I receive this. He will take great delight in you. You might have had a father who didn't delight in you at all. A father who was absent. A father who was abusive. A father in you don't know what it is to have great delight And so you need to begin to say, okay, I need to stop thinking about God the way I think about my own dad and I need to begin to receive from God this idea that he takes great delight in me. Some people in Christianity can't stand this verse. They're trying to say, oh, look, see how you're, trying to be humanized and it's humanism and all of these other things and they'll criticize it's prosperity gospel it's it's all of these other things and they can't get their minds around the fact that God delights in you and I they are really excited about how much you're a sinner and they they want the gospel to end at that you're a sinner And the gospel begins at, I am a sinner. But the good news is that there is a God who is fighting for me and delights in me. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Have you ever had a dad dancing around? Hey, look at Will. Yeah, yeah. Let's sing a song. He's so good. My son is so good. Yeah. Right? That's my. Woo. This is why we talk about gift-oriented ministry, y'all. God bless all of our musicians and our singers. Teamwork makes the dream work. God for 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, says it like this: God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I had a professor that every day he would come in to the classroom and he'd say, Good morning, saints. Good morning, saints. And here we are, all these Bible college kids who knew we weren't saints. But what he was saying, he's trying to get this into our spirit, that I don't earn righteousness. I don't do righteousness. I am righteousness. I have it imparted into me that I have become the righteousness of God. That I am participating in Christ. I am in Christ. You are in Christ. Somebody tell their neighbor, you are in Christ. You are righteous. Good morning, saints. That the righteousness of God has been imparted to my life. That I am this. I don't earn this. I don't do this. That comes because I am. It's something that flows out of my identity. That I don't put this identity on. I don't wear it like a coat. It's already in me and it's coming out of me because this is who God said I am. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, You are a chosen people. You've been chosen. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Like if Jesus died on the cross for you and he chose you and he says, you are mine, you're his special possession that this is what God did. Now, these are all the things that God has declared about me. This is, I am being this. I have this, now here's what I do. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Everything in the kingdom flows from God says, I am this, I'm going to spend time being this. Then I have, because I am righteous, I have righteousness, now I do acts of righteousness. Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'm going to act like my Father in heaven because it's something that he's done to me and it's something that I already am. I'm already forgiven. So character formation in your children is greater than, than behavior modification. The best thing that you could ever do with your children is to help shape their heart. So, my question to you is this Is your heart controlled by the love of the Creator or by the craving for something in creation? I'm gonna ask that again Is your heart controlled by the love of the Creator or? By the craving for something in creation. Am I going to God saying, God, I want you, or am I going to God saying, God, I want this thing that you created? At some point, God is not your magic genie. That if you just say, rub the magic genie the right way, when I rub the genie the right way, then the genie comes out, genie gives me my three wishes. Out comes Jeannie. Jeannie says, Oh master, I'm bound to you because you've got my magic lamp. Jesus died on the cross. Now I have to do whatever you say to do because Jesus died and now you you're in charge. Is your heart controlled by the love of the creator or by craving for something in creation? And when we see our children, is the heart of my child controlled by the love of the creator? or by craving for something in creation. How often it is that our children will crave the created over the creator. And they need to see in our lives tangible evidence that you and I crave the creator more than the created. This is why it is important that we sacrifice around the kingdom. It doesn't make sense to a child that it's real if you never sacrifice and pay a price to follow the master. Because if, it's, if the gospel is a means to an end, if the gospel is about what I can get in this life, not what I can give, if I've never become like God in the beginning, God, God, Created. And then God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that we become givers, not receivers. That it becomes, when I take on the nature and the character of God. I become generous. I become somebody who gives. I become somebody who dies to my passions and my flesh and my orientation. So I I believe that character formation is greater than behavior modification. We can get our kids to do all the things we want them to do, say all the right things, and they can't wait to get out of the home and go do whatever they want to do. Did you build in them A desire and a love for God. Did you build in them this pure hope? Oh my goodness, I love Jesus. I want my son to love Jesus. I want my daughter to love Jesus. And it has to start in me and flow through me. And then, and I'll give you the last couple of fill in the Direction is greater than perfection. So in your life. Do you model repentance? Because repentance is about going toward God. And your kids need to see you fail and then get up. Your kids don't need to see how perfect you are because they don't know how to do that. No one knows how to do that. There's one person that ever lived, his name was Jesus, who knew how to live in perfection. The rest of us have to model repentance because that's how we model direction. We, in that, we model humility. We model getting back up. You fall down, what happens when you fall down? Come on, somebody who watched, that. we get back up. That's Bruce Wayne. Why do we fall down, Bruce Wayne? So we can get back up. We, and, and then what do they all chant when he's in the pit? Rise, 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 rise. That's what we do. We get back up. We model the pursuit of God. Proverbs chapter 22, verse four says, humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor in life. Humility is the fear of the Lord. In other words, when you have the fear of the Lord, you're not talking about how awesome you are. You're talking about how awesome God is and how you have decreased. I must decrease that he might increase. So take some time in your life to incorporate. I want to create some goals. I want to create some, some deadlines. I want to create some measurable things that I want to instill into my family. I don't need to instill behavior compliance. I don't need to instill perfection. What I need to instill in the next generation is a love for Jesus. So how do we do that? And that may look different in every household, and that's why you have the goal worksheet. On there, there's family goals, and there's influence goals, and there's all of these types of goals. And on those types of goals, every single one of those goals, whatever you write, is going to have an impact on the next generation. So the goal that I am trying to get us to is that whatever we're doing, we do for the glory of God. That whatever we do, we do for his glory and for his kingdom. And that what what we're doing today makes a difference to the next generation. And, And I just want to encourage us as you look at that goal worksheet to think down through that and think about what do you value and You can write down what those values are and then make sure to tie those values from your notes into your goals. Maybe you need to go back home, sit down with a spouse, sit down with someone and talk about what those goals look like. Maybe you're not married yet. Maybe you're single. Maybe you're older. I don't know what that is, but I want us to be able to think about these goals in the light of the next generation, in the light of what it looks like to put Jesus first, and then begin to create some concrete goals and start right now. So I, I want for every one of us, I want you to know this. I want you to hear this. That you are God's creation. That God put on your life, the Heavenly Father gives you in identity. That the verses that we went through today, I want you to begin to, to sit in and meditate on. And allow them to get into you and allow them to, so that we can spend more time being children of God. As I am a child of God, I know how to give to others, to be a father, to be a mother. Because I've been fathered well. So many aspects of our lives that when the father comes... Things begin to melt away. Dad just makes things right. And I want every one of us to be able to experience that. I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes. Jesus, I pray right now at every single location that you would indeed reveal yourself to every one of us. I know that every single person comes from a different background. Maybe we didn't have good dads, maybe we had great dads. I want us to receive from heaven your love and your voice and what you say about us. And it would change everything else around us. In Jesus' name, amen.